We thank you, Lord, for your presence with us and ask you to just speak to our hearts. We thank you, Lord, and bless your name. So it's just so wonderful to meet the Lord. We have some encounters here in the Gospel and the first reading and the second reading too of deep encounters with the living God. Isaiah unexpectedly encounters the living God. He was in the temple and then he experiences something which he finds difficult to describe. The Lord seated on a high throne and his whole presence filling the sanctuary and there are angels about. And he's just so overwhelmed in this Holy, holy, holy Lord of hosts, his glory fills the whole earth. We sing that too, don't we, in the Mass? Sometimes we don't sing it with the same awe that Isaiah had at that moment. And he's just overwhelmed with the presence of God. And the foundations of the threshold shook with the voice of the one who cried out, the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah, what a wretched state I'm in. I'm lost. See, in his experience here in the temple, with the angels singing to the glory of God, he's just so overwhelmed that he is confronted with his own weakness, brokenness, his sinfulness. I'm a man of unclean lips, I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have looked at the King, the Lord. That's what happens, of course, when we truly come to know the living God. We encounter our absolute nothingness and our total dependence upon Him for our very existence, for all that we are. And we also see something of our own wretchedness without Him, without His saving power in our lives. And so Isaiah experiences the angel picking up the coal, hot coal to touch his lips. See now, this has touched your lips, your sin is taken away, your iniquity purged. So there's this beautiful moment where on the one hand, experiencing the immensity and the splendour and the glory and the goodness of God, the extent of his power, and at the same time experiencing my own weakness, my brokenness, my sinfulness, my nothingness before this greatness. It would seem like he felt like he might be eliminated almost by the power of God. Instead, the Lord brings healing, brings purging, brings cleansing, and then gives him a beautiful mission. Whom shall I send? Isaiah hears the words. The Lord is saying, Whom shall I send? 
whom shall who will be our messenger? That's like the cry of the Lord down through the ages over all the men and women who come into any holy place. Whom shall I send? Who will be my messenger? And those beautiful words of Isaiah, here I am, send me. There's no conditions on that. It's just simply, here I am, I'm before you, Lord, I know your greatness, I know your holiness, I know you are the answer to everything that human humanity desires, and so here I am. I'm available. I, I, I yield to you. I'm surrendered to your will. Whatever you want of my life, I'm here. You now take control of my life. You show me the way forward. I'm here. Send me wherever you desire. Send me. I'm available to be your instrument. I will be your prophet. I will speak your word. I will be your messenger in today's world. I'm here for you, Lord. What a beautiful response, huh? And we pray for each one of us today we'd have a similar response to the Lord. That when we hear that cry of the Lord echoing down through the centuries, whom shall I send? In this age, at this time, we will rise up and say, I'm here. Here I am. Send me. I've encountered my weakness, my hopelessness, as it were, my hopelessness, my, my incapacity, I've encountered my brokenness, but Lord, I know you can use me. I know you can take hold of me and use me to make my life something beautiful for you and for your people. I will be your instrument and in your hands. I pray that for each one will find their calling in the Lord through a, a living and deep encounter with him. We see it again in the Gospel, somewhat similar, but then different, where Jesus is by the lakeside and he gets into the boat that Peter and his apostles, his brothers have been fishing all night in, and they've caught nothing. Jesus gets into that boat and begins to preach to the people. Then he tells Simon, at the end of that, put out into the deep water and pay out your nets for a catch. Simon said, well, we've worked hard all night and we've caught nothing, I'm a fisherman. You see, Jesus meets him in his trade. Not, it's not in the temple this time, but it's in the trade that he knows so well that Jesus knows nothing about. He's a carpenter. But he meets him there, in that, in his living condition, the place where he feels he's most in control, but he thinks he has most knowledge about and, and all the resources. And, and that's where Jesus meets him. And he says, well, put out your nets, you know, put out the boat and put out your nets into the deep and, and throw out your nets for a catch. And this miraculous catch of fish. And again, in a different way, Peter experiences the awesomeness of God. He experiences the almighty presence of the Lord, this catch. 
It spoke right to his heart because it right into the, what he would consider as a fisherman the most impossible thing to happen. They've been fishing all night. And yet God's power is at work right there. Jesus walked right into his life and brought the transformation to him because he saw with his very eyes what he thought he'd never see in his life. And Jesus is there, the presence of God. And Peter's now in the boat on his knees before Jesus saying, Depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. He saw again, like Isaiah, his sinfulness, his need for purification, purging, that he's not worthy to stand before the Lord, not in being in his presence. But then Jesus says to him, Don't be afraid. And that's something that in this context, Sarah Jane needs to hear, we all need to hear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your own incapacity. Don't be afraid of your own helplessness. Don't be afraid of your proneness to sin. Don't be afraid of your whatever would come against you, internally or externally. And Jesus simply says, from now on, you're going to be catching people. And they left everything to follow him. So we're celebrating here a young woman who believes and trusts the Lord and says, here I am. Here I am. I want to follow you, Lord. I want to leave everything like these uh, uh, apostles did and follow you. I want to be attached to nothing in a way, such a way that would prevent me from being totally yours. Uh, uh, Jesus, you're my hope, you're my joy, you're, you're my Lord. So it's a precious moment when anyone steps forward in that way. We know, of course, there's phases in the journey. Each one of us is in a different phase in our journey. This is a very initial phase in many way for, for Sarah Jane, but a very important one. Every stage in the journey is very important. And, and the Lord it moves in his own way upon us. So it's good for us to just reflect. How is the Lord calling me? And how is he speaking to my heart? Am I hearing the call that he has upon me at this stage in my journey? And am I willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. I'm available, whatever way you want me to be available for the sake of your kingdom and for the spreading of the good news. I'm here for you. Something I want to draw attention to in the Gospel is um, the context of Peter's call, of course, where they'd been fishing all night, working hard all night, labouring away, and they'd caught nothing. I think Jesus allowed that to happen uh, and that to be the context of the call. Not only that Peter would be astounded, at the miraculous catch, that he would remember it. So that when it comes to the ministry that Jesus had for him 
and what the ministry of Jesus has for us, that there'll be those dark times when you've been in the night for a long time and you've caught nothing. And it will seem hopeless and impossible. It will seem like I may as well give up that the initial call that I felt and experienced was empty now uh, of any real satisfaction and and of any sense of uh, fulfilment or or any realisation of of, of what the potential was. And, And so I can be inclined to think, well, there's no fish, as it were. Peter knew that they'd been hard working all night. When Jesus asked him to put out into the deep and throw out the net for a catch, he could have easily said, look, there's nothing there. And I guess he probably felt that anyway. But he obeyed the Lord. He followed the direction of the Lord. And maybe that speaks to us too in these days in the church when we sort of feel in a sense we might be on the back foot. We feel it's pretty desperate and difficult that evangelization has never been so hard it seems in this country in one sense. Uh, But this is the moment when the Lord is saying to us it's not the time to shrink up, it's not the time to become defensive, it's not the time to sort of uh, give up and think, oh, it's been too hard We've worked all this time, 37 years, and where are we getting? Now this is the time when the Spirit moves in a new way, as he always does, especially when you feel like it's been hard going. There's going to be a new, new grace. There always is a new grace. If we're listening to the Lord and put out into the deep, wherever he will direct us, wherever he'll ask us to throw the nets, He is the Lord. You see, and that's why uh, Isaiah had to have that marvellous experience of God, why Peter too needed that experience of the the miracle of the Lord, so he'll be encouraged uh, that when it seems hard going, when it seems like we're not getting anywhere, it's not the time to give up. It's the time rather to turn again to the Lord and say, Lord, show us how to do this. Lord, give us your direction. Lord, show us what it is you want. We're here. Here I am. I come to do your will. What is your will, Lord, for our community? What is your will for each of my, our lives? What is your will for the missionaries of God's love, sisters, the missionary of God's love, brothers? What's your will? We're here to do it, Lord. We need to listen again. Give us your direction so we know where to put out into the deep, where to throw out the net, and we're assured of the catch because it's your work, not ours. We give it over to you, Lord. We want to live for you and for your kingdom. Yours, Lord. We are yours. So, Sarah Jane, as you come forward, I know you come forward with a heart like that. Yes, I'm yours, Lord. I'm available. I want to know what you want for my life. And that's enough. I'll find my joy in you, Jesus. Bless his name.